Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's safety talk. Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. Hope you got to enjoy your lunch. I uh, am one that likes to use PowerPoint, so I have some slides up here that will help us go through this topic. So hazard communication right off the bat, 29 CFR, 1910-1200, so you know where to look. Hazard communication of toxic and hazardous substances, a.k.a. chemicals. I've had to add that because for the longest time, I always just said, it's HAZCOM. And I had someone come up to me and go, why do we always talk about chemicals? And I went, because it's about chemicals. But I was never saying the hazardous communication of toxic hazardous substances. He was saying, why aren't we talking about fall protection? Why aren't we talking about electricity? Why don't we talk about... I was like, okay, HAZCOM, hazard communication, is about chemicals. Just a small tidbit. That just happened to me when we did ours. So employee right to know and understand. I'm sure you've heard that before. Basically what it comes down to is your employees have a right to know all of the hazardous substances that they will be exposed to within their work site, whether it be a material or a waste, and the recommendations that are on the safety data sheet and the label to how to handle it safely, what engineering control should be there, what PPE that they would need. It's like we were just hearing PPE for bloodborne pathogens. There's some chemicals that may require PPE. There's some that might require a respirator. There's some that may require exhaust. So using the hierarchy of control, following what's in the safety data sheet, you will gather that information so your employees can handle those chemicals safely. So back in 2012, OSHA aligned with what's called the Globally Harmonized System of classification and labeling of chemicals. GHS is what we say for short. So HAZCOM GHS is where we're at now. Part of that globally harmonized was so this doesn't mean much to you probably. Unless you speak Japanese. Anybody in here speak Japanese or read Japanese? Would you like to admit it and tell me what this word is? Because I'm trusting global or global. I'm, I'm trusting Google is telling me that that is danger. And as we go through this, you'll see that, okay, Danger is one of our signal words that are part of the globally harmonized system. But seeing it in Japanese doesn't do any of us any good, right? So if we're in Japan and we're looking at the safety data sheet and we see their writing, it's not helping us much. That's not really going to do much for me. However, what does that tell us? Anybody? It's flammable. Guess what it's going to look like in Japan? It's going to look like that. That's where we get a little bit more of that globally harmonization. So at least you start understanding the hazards that you're going to be exposed to with that chemical. It'll look the same pictogram in the United States, Japan, Spain, Canada, wherever you may go. Okay, the other part of the globally harmonized system that changed was the safety data sheets. For anybody that's been doing this for a while, you'll know that they used to be called material safety data sheets. And it's more than just taking off the word material because there's a different format. There's a required 16-second format in safety data sheets. Now, I would caution all of you, although this has been fully implemented since 2016, there are still companies out there that are trying to pass bad information. Last month, I received a new chemical, it was isopropyl alcohol. I said, need a safety data sheet, no problem, they sent me over. I opened it up, it said safety data sheet at the top, and I scrolled down and immediately realized this was an old material safety data sheet that they just took some white out and got rid of the word material and made a copy of it and sent it on to me. Still happening now. That's all bad, and it's all bad for you as an employer if you don't realize that. And say you have an accident, and OSHA comes in and gets involved, and they're going to say, well, this says safety data sheet, but it's clearly still an MSDS. How can you quickly tell? 
right off the bat, as soon as I opened it up, I saw ingredients in section two instead of the hazards. Section two now on a safety data sheet is for hazards. That's where you're gonna find signal words and pictograms and precautionary statements and hazard statements. As soon as I saw ingredients, I went, stop, this is not right. Now here's the other part I wanna share with you. The safety data sheet must match the label and that's gonna come up again in another slide. But this same company, I said, hey, you know, this isn't right, you gotta send me a safety data sheet, not an old MSDS. They got a safety data sheet for isopropyl alcohol from a different company and sent that to me. So now I have a safety data sheet that has one supplier's contact information and name, and I got a label on my product with a different manufacturer's name and contact information. You think that could cause confusion in a pinch? So make sure that the label and the safety data sheet for the manufacturer or distributor or importer's information does match. The other part is the hazard classification. It has to provide that specific classification, health hazard, physical hazard, the, the levels of what it's going to be. Now you'll notice on here, and for those in the back that may not be able to see, NFPA and HMIS. Remember those ones, the triangle? Four meant, hey, this is some really bad stuff. Under global, under the GHS system, four means that's not that bad. So NFPA four is equivalent to and equal to GHS number one. That's why it's important that you do some training with your employees so they can identify this. And we'll talk more about the labels. You can still use the NFPA and HMIS. You just gotta ensure that you're training your employees on what they're going to see. The other part is labels. The label now is very specific on what it has to have. On the old system, they had to have obviously that what's the name of the chemical, who the contact, that kind of stuff. But now it's very specific that it has to have the product identifier, it has to have a signal word, has to have the pictograms, if applicable, not everything that we buy out there is hazardous and have to have the pictograms, but it has to also give you some hazard statements, cautionary statements, information like that, that you can use to ensure that you're building your chemical inventory and that you know how to uh, reference the safety data sheet that's for that. And then the other part of the standard that they outlined when they switched over to GHS was training your employees. This is a requirement. You must train your employees on what chemicals that they will be using, what they'll be exposed to. They have a right to know and understand, which means you should encourage them to ask questions. Ask what's going on. Hey, I don't understand this. What does that symbol mean? What does danger mean? What does this one mean? Make sure they have an understanding. Encourage them to come ask you questions after the fact. The other part of that is you have to train them on their initial, as soon as they go into that work zone, First day on the job, right? I need to be trained on the chemicals in this work cell. Whether they're your employee, a temporary employee, a co-op, whatever the case may be, if they're gonna be in that work cell, they have to have that understanding. If a new chemical is brought into that work cell, say two years later, you need to train them on that, that new chemical. Makes sense. Here's where people make a mistake. I've had Joe, my great worker, been with the company three years, He's been doing this job over here with those chemical exposures for three years. We said, Joe, you're doing such a great job. We're gonna move you on up the ladder and now you're gonna work over here in this company, in this part of the company. Good luck, keep doing a good job. Are he exposed to different chemicals? Is there different things that are over there? He then needs to be trained as he was moved to that other area on the chemicals that are now in that other area. So just something to keep in mind, a lot of people miss that part of the training on their uh, chemicals. So this is a good sample of a GHS label. You can find all of this, by the way, on the OSHA website, which I'll point out a little bit later. 
This label shows you right off the bat, product identifier, and it also has a code. Let's use that example of the isopropyl alcohol that I was fighting to get a good safety data sheet for. So isopropyl alcohol is isopropyl alcohol, but there's 70%, 50%, 30%. So when you get something that's very common like that, it'll probably likely have a code isopropyl alcohol 0007 isopropyl alcohol 0005 or a letter or something along those lines. Especially if you have both types in your facility, make sure that you understand that code. It should show up, it actually will show up on your primary label. This would be your primary label on the product that comes in. If you put it into smaller containers and you have secondary labels, secondary containers, now you have secondary labels, you want to ensure that that information is passed so whoever's using that secondary container can identify the, the absolute product that they're using. Supplier identification. Who are they? Where are they? How do we get a hold of them? A lot of times there'll be an emergency phone number. It's, it's, I should say a lot of times, every time there should be an emergency phone number. If you find one that's not, ask them. Sometimes the emergency phone number may be the same number as the company that made the product, right? Who are they? Where are they? How do we get a hold of them? On the side here, you see the precautionary statements. The layout on the label doesn't have to follow this. This is just a sample, but this is the information that should be on your label. Precautionary statements, keep the container cooled, only use non-sparking tools, ground and bond all containers. Obviously looking at the pictograms, we know that this is flammable and it's a health hazard. The other part, hazard statements. And you may see these show up more than once. Hazard statement here, highly flammable liquid vapor may cause liver and kidney damage. Some companies will have it separated and then it'll be at the very top of the precautionary statements and roll on down. It's okay if they list it more than once. We talked about the pictograms. The next part, the signal word. There are only two signal words, danger or warning. That's it. And they can only use one at a time. So if you see a safety data sheet, and again, I had it, danger, warning, danger, warning, danger. I'm like, oh my God. I called him up and I went, you realize you're not in compliance. Oh yeah, our, our guy said that that's how it's supposed to be. Absolutely not. And I found myself referencing in the OSHA standard, making copies of it and emailing them back and saying, would you please send me something like this? I will tell you that there's at least three companies right now at Delta Systems we no longer do business with because they refuse to become compliant. We just found another product. We had to to protect our own employees and ensure our own, our own compliance. Um, supplemental information is typically where you're gonna find um, SARA, if it's a SARA product, hazards not otherwise classified, combustible dust, symbol fixing, stuff like that. The other part that's important here, the information on the label, all of it, product identifier, the manufacturer, who are they, where are they, how do we get a hold of them, must be identical in section one of the safety data sheet. That must be identical. That's very important. You don't want to cause that confusion like the example that I gave earlier. Okay, so these are the pictograms. Most of you probably have already seen these. OSHA does not enforce the environmental one. Obviously, in the United States, we have the EPA. That's not the same everywhere in the world. But uh, it's not to say that you shouldn't have it there. It's probably good to know that if you put this down the drain and someone finds out, the EPA is probably going to be coming knocking at your door going, hey, remember that product with the little dead fish and the little dead tree that said it was a bad environmental hazard? Yeah, you, wouldn't, you shouldn't have put that down the drain. So it's good to know that. Now, I separated exclamation mark to share with you that that's one that you're probably gonna see more common. I see it on a lot of the safety data sheets, sometimes in tandem with another pictogram, a lot of times just by itself. 
That's one of the lower level hazards typically. It's usually found when it's by itself with only the signal word warning. And I use it in Delta to tell people flip it upside down and know that when you just see the exclamation point, typically means it's an irritant. You might get your eyes running while you're doing something. I'm cutting up that onion, right? I'm making dinner, I'm cutting up the onion. My eyes water is driving me nuts, oh my gosh. As soon as you wash your hands and put the onion away, your eyes will stop watering and everything goes back to normal. It was an irritant. You might get a rash on your skin. Wash up, clear yourself from the area, rash goes away. It's an irritant. So just a little quick tidbit. Training of your employees, right from the standard. 1910-1200 H1, employers shall, not if you feel like it, you shall provide employees with effective information and training on hazardous chemicals in their work area at the time of their initial assessment and whenever new chemical hazards are introduced into their work area, or like I had said, if you introduce them into a different work area that has different chemicals, keep that in mind. Each employee must be trained, again, temporary employee, your regular employee, if you have a vendor that's gonna be coming in and doing some work with you or other, any type of workers, wanna ensure that they have training. Any employee must be trained on the methods or observations. How do I know if there's an exposure? Do you have some alarm system in there that says, hey, if this alarm goes off, that means we have a nitrogen link and we're gonna be exposed to a simple asphyxiant and we want you to get out of this area to get the fresh air. Because otherwise you're going to get real tired and fall asleep at your workstation and then say goodbye. Physical health, simple asphyxiants, combustible dust, pyrophoric gases, all of that. You need to ensure that they understand what they're dealing with, the measures the employee can take to protect themselves. You cannot say, safety data sheets are out there, you read them yourself and figure out what you need. You have to tell them what they need. Hey, when you're doing this job, you will wear gloves, you will wear safety glasses, you will wear a respirator or safety shoes or whatever the case may be. You have to point that out to them so they know what the requirements are. And then the details of your hazard communication program. What do you expect when you have your employees working with these chemicals? You have a responsibility to have a written program and share it with them so they know how to be compliant with your rules and OSHA. Chemical inventories, another one I wanted to touch on. 1910-1200-E1-I, you are required to have a hazardous chemical inventory. Now let me just preface that with, have a chemical inventory of everything that you have, whether it's hazardous or not, you can list it up that's hazard, non-hazard as you go through. But you must have that per your product identifier. Now you can do it however you want. You can do it alphabetically, which is what I think most people do, but it does not preclude you from being able to come up with a numeric code system or by hazard type, whatever works for you and however you want to train your employees so they understand it. So I recommend to everybody, if you're in here, if you do safety, or if you're an employee and you wanna have a better understanding, go to the OSHA website, osha.gov. I promise you, they do not monitor it, they do not track you, they do not come to you and go, why are you on our website so often? <laughs> because if they did, they'd be at Delta Systems every other week going, who is this Matt guy, and why is he always on our system? And we know you're making copies of our stuff. It's okay, they want you to do that. There are I can't even tell you how many pages because it just goes on and on and on. Resources available to you. This is a quick link of the 1910-1200. So this is the standard, right? Hazard communication, 1910-1200, and it goes down and you read through it. But you see all the appendices they have there to give you a better understanding as you can zero in? So when you open it up, this is the actual standard. This is from this first link, the 1910-1200. The very first thing I have highlighted there, hazard communication page. This is such a hot topic that they created a page just for you to have better understanding of hazard communication. 
The rest of the way is all the law and the standard, the federal law. Boom, this is what you will do whether you like it or not. The hazard communication page, when you click on that, opens you up here. And you can see there's all kinds of different tabs there to help you a, build your written program, have a better understanding as the employer, and B, give you materials to help train your employees so they have a better understanding and that understand part, right? To know and understand everything you need right here. So just a quick click, safety data sheets. There's a quick card. There's like four or five different versions of this that really explain what the safety data sheet must have. This is part of what I sent to that company that said this is what it's supposed to look like. Labeling, here's the example that I showed earlier. This is a nice one because it shows the NFPA diamond, the 709, and then the new GHS, right? So it says, hey, this is what it used to look like. This is what we require now with HASCOM. And it tells you right here, four most hazardous, four least severe. So it's trying to give you the information you need to eliminate any confusion. Pictograms are on there too. Print them out, make posters, make signs, do whatever you want. And before I conclude, Know my little tagline there. Every worker should be able to go home each day unharmed. That's the goal of safety, right? One little last thing about the HASCOM and pictograms, because there's some labels out there that can throw some people off. OSHA specifically says you cannot have an empty red diamond box with a white, with a white background. It'll create confusion. Employees might think, hey, was there supposed to be one of those pictograms in there and I missed it? So they can't do that. What they do say is you can buy those labels and then if you black out the whole thing, the red, pier, the red diamond box, the pictogram, everything, if it's completely blacked out, that's acceptable. So there cannot be confusion. It's obvious that you don't want them to think that that hazard exists. Okay, so that's all out there. If you guys have any questions, I'd be happy to ask, uh, answer them. I'll stick around until afterwards. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.